I'm Emma G, radio host and Girl Power presenter. These inspiring chats with women living authentically and kicking goals will get you stepping into your power. Know your worth. Rule your realm. Become your own powerhouse. Whenever someone says, no, you can't do that, that just really means you can. Now you just kind of have to figure a way around it. You are awesome and you have something that no one else does. No one's journey or path is the same, which is why you should never, ever compare yourself to other people. If you want to do something, you go and do it. Imagine if everyone just spoke their truth. This week and next week's episodes are for anyone trying to work out how to balance following your dreams and having a family. You don't have to be a mum to appreciate these episodes. I'm not. Just someone looking to become the best version of you so you can also be the best for others. Next week, I chat with founder of Supermarket Swap, Nabs. She is a mum who started looking into what's hidden in our foods in an attempt to help her son. Her site and soon-to-be app has been an absolute game changer in food shopping to help us eat more clean and healthily. I can't wait to share that chat with you. And this week I'm talking with boss mama Charlotte Chambers. Today's guest in the Empower House is an absolute boss. She's a media powerhouse with over 20 years experience in print and digital media, a background in marketing, sales and events. She's the owner and publisher of Kiddo Mag, the modern parenting magazine, and now co-founder of Mama Moo, her newest venture, South Australia's first infant and toddler milk formula brand. And she's mum to two boys. So Charlotte Chambers, thanks so much for joining me in the Empower House. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to sit down and have a chat with you. So you're running two businesses now, Kiddo and Mama Moo. Yes. And you're mother of two young boys. Yes. Can you give us a little like day in the life of you and how you manage to juggle everything? Yeah, it is most definitely a big juggle. Uh, I have almost mastered the art of, of multitasking. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's really important for women thinking about this type of career and also juggling children to understand that, you know, there are sacrifices that you need to make. You look at your life and you want to make sure that there is still that family and life balance. Yep. It's been an evolution and it's kind of like a, it's a journey that started with me basically leaving my full-time job of about 15 years, which I never, ever thought I was going to leave. And then I basically found a little bit of a hole in the market for for a publication that was for the modern family. I had become a mother myself. I had two children and I at that point wasn't sure that I was the demographic of the the business that I was still working in. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of a hard pill for me to swallow to be honest because I believed myself to be Peter Pan and <laughs> never thought that I was going to outgrow the, um, you know, the music and fashion industry that I was in, but I definitely found myself at that point and had to kind of make the decision that, you know, what's next for me and what's next for, for my family and, and I wanted that flexibility. So having your own business and then, you know, one or two businesses or a business and a side hustle or wanting to start up your own business and having a family, you know, it is it is a lot about compromising, but also making sure that you've got that balance and, and not forgetting about yourself along the way as well. I think it's really important for me as a, as a, as a human uh, in this world that I look after myself and I do those small things that make me feel like I'm not compromising to the point that I'm giving up myself Mm. or sacrificing too much time with my family at the end of the day. I think those two things are the most important. And I think if you're managing to find that balance, that kind of work is way more enjoyable. Mm. I'd love to know more about your career journey 
specifically and how you sort of ended up at this point now yeah. running two businesses. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so my, my background was that I was in media. I found myself in a job working for a music magazine um, when I was about 23. I'd worked in retail and sales previously. I never really knew what I wanted to do. I didn't go to university, so I didn't really have that to fall back on. But I loved sales and I loved people and I loved fashion and and kind of just this role was just perfect for me. It was kind of that elevation out of retail, but it was still doing something that I loved, which is selling and, and kind of media and marketing. So, mm, And it's so good to hear you say I didn't know what I wanted to do because I feel like so many of us are freaking out, like we need to know our whole life yeah. plan. But I, I love that you kind of just found something that worked for you and went with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. And, and, you know, I just, I remember my mother when I was, you know, in my teens, would say to me, what do you want to do? And I'd be like, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. And she <laughs> just kind of would roll her eyes. And I, yeah. I think I've always had that just trust in myself and conviction that I'm going to f- land on my feet and just kind of backing myself and trusting myself and, you know, fake it till you make it kind of style. Yeah. But I've kind of, a lot of what I've done over the years is because I didn't have that university degree has been self-taught. So mm-hmm. everything I've done up until this point in my career I've educated myself, whether or not that's by seeking help or mentors or educating myself, you know, being educated by the different hats that I've worn over the years um, and kind of upskilling to the point that I now own my own publication that's been going for four years and I've just launched a baby formula as a side hustle, which is not a side hustle at all. <laughs> Um, but it was, it kind of, it was, it was, you know, on top of what I was already doing. But yes, so started in the, the, the music industry and, you know, was in sales and it was around a time where we didn't really have the internet as a source of information. Um, it was kind of print and, mm. and radio and, and it was just the best time to be that age because we were, you know, free tickets to the big day out and future music festival, park life. It was every, <laughs> everything job. that you would want, you know, at that age. And it was a lot of rocking up to work, maybe hungover um, and just having like the best life ever. So that was really fantastic. And like I mentioned, I was a little bit of a Peter Pan and just was like, I'm not growing up. I'm not, I'm never having kids. That's so uncool. And here I am, the kids magazine and a baby formula. So that was a really just interesting point where I kind of got to a certain age and was like, oh my God, I need to have kids and this is not going to be good. And did, I, when you say that, did you feel that pressure from others or you were sort of putting that on I yourself? I think I was just or? at an age when I had my first baby, I was 33 and I just, you know, my mum's a midwife, my sister had had kids, but none of my friends were really having kids around that point. We were all still just going out and having a ball. Um, but I just kind of felt that, okay, and I'd be with my husband for a long time and I was like, right, we just I just need to do this. And I did it and I think that's why you're pregnant for nine months because it gets your head around having a baby. I mean, for people like me who were not, who thought that they didn't want to have kids, it kind of that nine months was really... You're, you're forced to adjust mm. and then it's kind of this slow, okay, maybe I'll go and have a look at, you know, some cute little hats and and don't get me wrong, I've always loved children. Like I was the kid that wanted to work in the creche at church. Yeah. You know, I love children. I've yeah. always loved babies and children so much. I just couldn't put me and babies together in the same 
sentence. Mm. So I had my first child and I went back to work at six months and that was great. Work was really supportive and they let me work, you know, three days a week, two days a week, whatever I wanted. And then eventually went back full time and then had that, oh, I should probably have another one. So I had my second child and while I was on maternity leave, I was in a library. I remember picking up a magazine that was called Adelaide's Child. And I remember looking at it and being very underwhelmed by the content. (laughs) And um, that's polite. (laughs) And just thinking, oh my God, why is having kids and kids stuff so daggy? And this is probably before like the whole Instagram and everything now looks immaculate on Instagram and everything's very curated, Mm. um, that I was like, oh God, everything to do with this industry, just because you have children doesn't mean you stop liking nice things and wanting to be cool and doing stuff. So I was like, there's really an opportunity for me to kind of take what I've learned over the last 15 years and put it into something that's still educational and inspiring and um, relevant content for families. So I pretty much quit my job very quickly, like within 24 hours after being there for 15 years and everyone being like, are you ever going to leave? So I loved it. But I just felt like I was no longer the demographic. And I think it's important to be true to yourself. I kind of left pretty quickly, called my husband and said, you know, that idea that I had, I'm doing it and I'm quitting my job and quickly hung up the phone. (laughs) And the next day I resigned. So I just, I could see exactly what I wanted to be. I had the name. I just like workshopped it in my head and I just had that vision and that conviction that, yes, this is going to work. And within eight weeks I had sold a magazine with ads making profit, launched the brand on a website and done a launch party. That's amazing. With an eight-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. So I left work and I started working from home and um, that was interesting because I almost felt institutionalised because I'd never worked from home before and having that autonomy to go, I think I might just go to the supermarket and like looking around me going, do I need to ask anyone? Can I leave? <laughs> I can eat whenever I, I want. Can eat, I, I can eat. Oh my God, I can go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so it took me a while to get my head around the flexibility, but that's exactly what I needed at that point in my life you know, with two small children, just to be able to work from home and, you know, pick one up from kindy and have one climbing all over my desk and working under my table and all those sorts of things. That just kind of happened really organically. And look, there was there was nothing else like it in the market. And I think because I'd had 15 years of connections in the industry, I was able to call people and say, hey, it's Charlotte, I'm starting up a magazine. This is the demographic. This is the content. Do you want to be involved? I didn't even send out media kits. People were like, yep, we'll take a full page. We'll take wow. a half page. We'll do a campaign, whatever. That was really great. I mean, I had to learn so many new skills, um, like using zero accounting, because that is not my strong point. <laughs> I'm a creative. And um, so there was a lot of things that I had to develop and learn over time, you know, WordPress, like, but I just taught myself as many things as I possibly could because I also need to run a really tight ship because it's a free magazine, it's a free website, everything we do is free. So that content has to be paid through advertising. So luckily it we are four years in October. Wow. Which is crazy. Yay! <laughs> Independent publisher. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really tricky industry, but I think we've just got something that's, we say it's as refreshing as a good night's sleep. And I think it is, you know, family just love that they can pick it up in print. I think there's Mm. so much digital happening these days that we get lots of feedback from people saying thank you for still printing a 
publication for us and make a conscious effort that when you read something online or when you pick up the print publication that the quality of the content is there. Because I know as a mother myself who is time poor like all mothers, when you see a kiddo and you pick it up, you're making a decision to sit down, have some me time Mm. and actually read it. You don't pick it up going, I'm never going to read that. You pick it up going, I'm going to make some time. I'm going to make a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, put my feet up and I'm going to read kiddo. So if they're reading it, we want to make sure that they leave being entertained, informed, educated. Otherwise, I've just wasted five minutes of their time that they probably don't have. So it's really important for us that we have a really high high level of uh, quality editorial in the magazine and we speak to so many really incredible people over the last four years that for me I think is why we've been successful is because we are not just driven by advertising. We want to make sure that we are giving back to our readers. Mm. So much that I would love to unpack (laughs) there that I just want to pick your brain about. So were you ever anxious or nervous sort of about the not knowing of what's what was to come like you quit your job sort of within 24 hours how did you know that that was right and how did you have the guts to just take that leap and and do that leave the security of everything you knew and just go for it I think it's just I just have I just back myself I think because I'd been in the same job 15 years so it's not like I was you know oh now Charlotte's doing this oh now she's doing that you know and the great thing about where I had worked previously is I had worn so many different hats so I was able to almost it was like I was running my own business within the business I had tested my abilities and kind of honed my skills over so many years that I think mm. when I got to that point of leaving it was leaving with the least amount of risk possible for me because I had done my homework, I'd done my due diligence, I knew very clearly exactly what it was going to look like, what the website was going to look like, the content. But I'm not the type of person that sits down and writes a business plan. Like that doesn't exist. I just, (laughs) I do it. I just go out and I just do it. Um, Well, it seems to be working for you what you're doing. Yes. And especially, I mean, with Mamamoo, we did have a business plan because there's yeah, there's the four of us. So we, we do things differently with Mamamoo because it's not just me, um, which is great because, you know, I've learned a new skill set as well doing that. But yeah, it's just really, I just have that kind of confidence in myself and mm-hmm. my abilities just to do things. And luckily I haven't made any career-breaking mistakes at this to this point. I definitely am picking up on your confidence and your like just belief in yourself. I love yeah. that so much. Have yeah. you always been quite a confident, resilient person or do you have you had to develop more of a thicker skin throughout your experiences in the industry? Resilient is a really good word and I think that that is something that I would use to describe myself. Mm-hmm. I came from a single parent family and my mum looked after us. Um, my dad left before I was born and my sister and my mum and I just, we just had to... Got it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got it done. It yeah, yep. we did. And I, my mum is a very strong woman and my grandmother's a very strong woman and just didn't get fluffed over at all. We just kind of were a little bit hardcore. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I think, hardcore. you know, it's just made me and my sister incredibly independent and resilient. And I think that they're skills that we learned from a really young age and just kind of, you know, having, I don't know, I'm an Aquarius as well. I don't know if that's (laughs) throwing anything into the mix, but I've always kind of been like rebel without a cause style as well. I was the most fun person in high school. (laughs) 
And the naughty, I, I was the it. naughtiest person in high school. <laughs> I think they were glad to get rid of me. But, you know, I had street smarts and I just kind of knew what I wanted to do. And that's just carried through. And I think having that stable career and that stable loving partner as well has been really good for me. I may have had a, like a rough start, but I've had a really strong, grounded, family-based mm. kind of 20s and 30s and, you know, now into my 40s. Mm. You talk about that resilience sort of in your family life. Have there been any experiences within your career where you've found you've been challenged and you've had to stand up for yourself or I feel like being a confident woman in work, you might face like competitiveness or judginess from other women or has anything like that sort of happened where you feel like you had to stand up for yourself and really back yourself and believe in who you are in a work environment? Yeah, I worked with editors, <laughs> which um, were all male. And there was not only that kind of editorial versus advertising rivalry mm. from the publishing industry in like the 2000s, but there was also that kind of male and female aspect. And I remember having many heated argument with my, the editor of Rip It Up, who we got along really well and we had mutual respect, but I was never, ever going to not back myself or stand up to him in an argument or for something that I felt that he had done wrong by me or somebody else or in a situation. And there's two sides to every story. But the funny part of this story is that we would get into quite heated arguments. I'd pull him into the room. I'd be like, right, can you come and meet me? I want to have a chat with you. <laughs> and we'd sit there and we'd have a chat and we'd sometimes we'd, you know, raise our voice slightly and I would call him Tom, which is my husband. <laughs> and, he'd, and then we'd just crack up laughing because we were fighting. I'd be like, look, Tom, I, I've never ever back down from communicating my point of view or what I believed to be true. That's just healthy. I think it's really unhealthy to, to not speak your truth and to let people walk all over you in life, in work, home, wherever that is. I'm a, I'm a really big communicator. Sometimes I over-communicate, but it just makes me feel better. So therefore... I get it. So therefore... <laughs> Talk for a living. Yeah, yeah. So I just, it's healthy to communicate for whatever sure. that is and learning to communicate in the right way, you know, is also an evolution of us all, isn't it? Mm. You know, just kind of working out what the best ways to get your point across. I mean, sometimes I'm too blunt, but I, I always come from a really good place and I try and communicate my way out of sometimes my, my forcefulness, but that generally will come just from being incredibly passionate about mm. a cause or passionate about my voice being heard and communicated. Mm, I really admire that. I think being a strong, self-assured woman is really hard often and especially in a male-dominated industry. Like or world. World, yeah. <laughs> Male-dominated world. Yeah, and I think I think it's really hard to, you know, as a female, if you do come across like that and use your voice and stand up for yourself, often we are seen as being bitchy or mm. intimidating or something and then, but if you don't, then you're not, not confident. Being, and or you're, you're also weak not being true to yourself as you know, well. I mean, I saw this thing the other day and it was strong women scare weak men. 
And I love that. It <laughs> speaks to me on many occasions of men just being threatened by my truth and my kind of conviction or my success or whatever. But I've been given nothing. I've worked for absolutely everything and I've worked like a dog for everything that I have financially and work-wise. You just have to kind of back yourself and be committed to your own cause and your own truth and that needs to be unwavering mm. it's just about having that that resilience and conviction and I'm you know I'm incredibly sensitive as well and very big heart very empathetic but at the same time also strong so if you do ever find yourself having any self-doubt or like negative self-talk what advice would you have for for those of us who do doubt ourselves and in an, whether it's in a work environment or at any time where we feel afraid to speak up and use our voice, how would you go about sort of channeling that power within you and say, you know what, just speak up for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone is so different and, you know, so many people suffer from anxiety on so many different levels and that negative self-chatter is just debilitating for lots of people. Yeah. I don't suffer from anxiety. So I think for people that do, and look, I have so many people in my life that have have debilitating anxiety. So I'm really aware of, of what that's like. But I think just really for me and helping lots of people over many years in my friends and family um, that have suffered from anxiety and depression, I really think you can't pour from an empty cup and you need mm. to make sure that you are constantly looking up for yourself. And sometimes that might come across as being selfish or, you know, I think ch things are changing as well. I mean, back 10, 20 years ago, if you took a selfie, people would look down on you. They'd be like, oh, my God, she's so up herself. Yes, that's so You know, true. whereas these days it's like normal. Normal. Yeah. But but it's also normal to use the word, word self-love. Self-love is like a thing. It's like, you know, for me, self-love is getting a massage, getting my nails done, getting my hair done, going to the gym, eating right, sleeping, watching Netflix, spending time with my family, going out for drinks with the girls. Like they're the things that make me happy. Everyone has that. It's different. And I think if you love yourself first and you can spend that time on, on doing those things that make you feel really good about yourself and increasing your confidence, then you're going to have a voice and you're going to be able to use that voice and you're going to be able to trust yourself. But I think when you're depleted of, of those basics, which, you know, sometimes when you're in that as well, you just don't see how those little things can all add up to being something big. Back yourself, <laughs> but do the things that, you know, will make you feel good about yourself so that you do feel like you can have that voice because I think people's voices aren't heard when they feel like they're not valid. Yeah. And you only feel like your voice isn't valid when you don't believe in yourself and trust yourself. I mean, I've got a seven-year-old boy who's very empathetic and he's very has very big feelings and emotions and I've said to him, you love your, yourself first. Who do you love? You love yourself. And he goes, I love myself first. I and love then I that, love... you're, that you're instilling that in them yeah. both from now, such yeah. a young age. Yeah. yeah, because if he grows up and he loves himself, he's not going to do things that are harmful to his body or to anybody else mm. in his life. Um, and like yeah. you said, when you love yourself first, you can then be your best for others. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. yeah, you cannot pour from an empty cup. How do you balance being 
a kick-ass boss lady and then also an awesome mum. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, I think people go, how do you do two businesses? And I, I kind of, I am definitely someone that can multitask a lot, but I have help, obviously. So my mum helps me out with the kids. Um, she's got them right now, I hope. Um, <laughs> Tom's parents, they help out with the kids as well. Um, and just having the flexibility to be able to kind of work those, the hours that you need to and you want to. And when I sit down to work, I can get through a hell of a lot more work these days than I did pre-children so I can condense a lot of work into a really short period of time. Um, you become just super efficient. And, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm very efficient now and I think most school pickups, I do football, taekwondo, we do Greek school, we read to our kids every single night. That's my happiness and that's what I want to do and I want to, I wouldn't have it any other way basically. I mean everything else comes secondary really. What do you think is one of the greatest lessons that you have learnt from being a mum and a boss? <laughs> from being a mum it's putting your children first, basically. Your children, as soon as you become a mother, their needs are first. That is just the way it is, whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just for, uh, being a boss for me, you know, and I never had that I'm the boss kind of mentality. Mm. I don't, it just does not work. Any managers or bosses listening to this, you know, you all need to be on an equal playing field. Yeah. There's no hierarchy. It's a team and you're working together. I don't even like using the word boss, to be honest, because it makes me feel the kind of connotations, I suppose, of what that looks like in many corporate environments. Mm. But yeah, we're just, we're just a great team with, you know, common goals. And with Mama Moo, you've developed that with f three other amazing women. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I guess that applies as well. You sort of see each other as all friends on a team. Yeah. You know, rather than being yeah. boss yeah. of a company. Yeah. yeah. So we're all, we're all incredibly passionate about this product. We, we all wanted it. And we couldn't find it. So we, we made it basically. So it's South Australia's first, but it's also one of Australia's only baby formulas on the market, which is kind of bizarre because we live in one of the best countries for dairy in the world, but yet we're importing everything from overseas and we really wanted something that was Australian made, owned and manufactured. There's not many women who own baby formula companies either, which for us was bizarre because it's a product that women are using, yeah. you know, and it's the only alternative to breastfeeding. Breast so we have a really strong social message around our brand. We're not just putting out a product. It's way more than that. We are so conscious of how complicated um, and how hard it is for so many women to successfully breastfeed. I mean, I had a really easy, successful breastfeeding journey, but my mum, she's a midwife and lactation consultant because that definitely helped me. And I'm just a good <laughs> you know, producer of milk and I had milk <laughs> flying across the room. So that was great. But, you know, my business partners didn't have the same experience. So we wanted to produce a product that women who can't breastfeed or choose not to, which some women just do not want to, and that is a fact, regardless of whether or not people want to admit it, some women just don't want to breastfeed. But majority of women really do. I think the uptake in Australia is 96% of women really right. want to breastfeed. And we know that it's the gold standard. But for lots of women, that just isn't a reality. So we want them to 
feel really proud about using Mamamoo and they can be proud because it's Australian made, owned, manufactured, it's a grass-fed free-range product. We know that being owned by three mums, we have walked in their shoes, we've had the sleepless nights, stood in the aisle of the supermarket being completely confused about what there is on offer. I mean, where do you start, Mm. you know? And there's a real lack of information and education surrounding this product because of political reasons, um, which then kind of affect women's self-esteem when they find themselves having to use this because of the lack of information that they're given on the product. And it comes in a really cool little tin, I can see there. It does. It's a very beautiful (laughs) tin. And that was another thing, you know, we want women to be able to go feel proud about using our product and we actually even put our faces on our faces on the back of the oh, tin yeah. <laughs> because if you're that mum and you're standing there and you are just so confused and bewildered by what to do and you've got this all the hungry baby and, and all yeah. the options and like I said everything you know most of the things in supermarkets are imported from overseas and foreign owned that if you see our little heads on the back of the tin you'll know that we've got your back. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to somebody who might be thinking about starting up their their own business or have like a side hustle and wondering if they should take that leap like you did and start their own business or even just change paths? What advice would you have for them? Do your research. Um, Make sure that you know the market that you're going into intimately. I would never have started up Kiddo if there was something similar to Kiddo and I would never have started up Mamamoo if there was something already in the market similar to Mamamoo. You need to find that gap in the market. Otherwise, it's just it's just going to make what is already a really hard thing to do, starting up a business and, you know, everything that is complicated that comes with that even harder. You really just need to make sure that, you know, what you're doing is potentially viable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do your research. If you can find a mentor in that industry, that's really important. Mentors are those, I mean, we're, we're still we're still being mentored in Mamamoo in trying to find those, those people in the industry that are ahead of you in the game that can kind of give you that feedback. I think um, that's so wise. I think a lot of us think that a mentor is just for someone who's sort of maybe starting out or young or, you know, but I think it's really wise to acknowledge that we can always be learning and growing and there are always going to be people that are doing something better than you or who who are more experienced than you that you can learn from and acknowledge that you don't know everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get people approaching me to be mentors on things and then I'm thinking, well, I need to find my own mentor (laughs) and those mentors probably finding their mentors. So (laughs) hopefully, you know, one day I'll get to a point where I think, I don't think I need a mentor anymore. That's the goal. If you can find someone that can really take you under your wing, that's a money can't buy thing. And also, you know, for us with Mama Moose, realising how many grants are out there, government grants in South Australia, um, is a really great place to launch a product. I mean, being able to get Mama Moo into national pharmacies, then got us into Foodland, then got us into Drake's, you know, having that support local thing that we have in South Australia and in Australia. I mean, we've just finished Australia Made Week, which was incredibly successful for us. We had our biggest week online in online sales. That just comes from word of mouth, but also just being supported by the kind of independence in South Australia has been incredible. And we've kind of really reached out and we've had so many meetings just with people that have said, you need to speak to this person. We're like, we will speak to everyone. Like we are constant, I mean, constantly 
actually just going and meeting with all sorts of different people in different areas because you just never know who they know and kind of where that connection will lead you. So a lot of that kind of networking stuff, especially in the infancy of our business, has been really important. Mm, Really valuable advice there. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So just before we finish, if you could go back and tell Charlotte 20 years ago something, what would you tell her? You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. And I think I, I honestly, that's what I used to think. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I'll fall on my feet. And and I have, but I think one other thing that I do that has really helped me as well is, and I'm not a spiritual person, but is manifesting. So I will manifest exactly what I want and it will come true for me. What what does that look like for you? Well, this is a funny one. So we were at Wollonga Markets. So I was there with my mum and we'd done all the food shopping and whatever and we had our trolley and the kids and whatever. And I was thinking, oh, I've got some Campari at home. I want some oranges. Oh, the line's too long. Oh, don't worry about it. Let's just go. Anyway, so I'm getting in the car and some woman taps me on the shoulder and she's standing there with a handful of oranges and she goes, she goes, excuse me, do you want some of these oranges? No and way. I was like, oh my God, I manifested the oranges. <laughs> I totally manifested the oranges. You did. I did. Just, I, yeah. I think you have to trust that sometimes the universe has your back and that it's absolutely. all going to work out. Yeah. And I think just, you know, have Having that vision, what it does to really break it down is when you can see something happening. So in my mind, I know what I want Mama Moo to look like in five years. I know where I want it to be. I know, I suppose, the scale that I want it to be. Now, if I don't wake up every single day with that in my mind, even though it's in five years' time, what, what does my day look like? How do I then not Every single thing that I do throughout that day is leading to that end goal. So I think no matter if that's a happy relationship, work, promotion, whatever it is, all those tiny little kind of leapfrog stages. And I can kind of look at you and I can go, oh, yeah, I can see where she's going to be in five years' time. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you later. (laughs) Tell me, please. Um, But, you know, it's about you see that, you see those people that just take those opportunities and uh, kind of have that conviction and that they can kind of see their future and they're, they're working towards that. And, you know, I've seen it over many years. I mean, I've worked with hundreds of different people over the years and you can see the ones that would come through the door as an intern that would then get a part-time job working with you. Then they'd get a full-time job. You just see those people that just have that self-awareness and the confidence and the conviction to go and get what they're always meant to have, yeah. you know. I think it's about putting all your energy into what you want exactly. and knowing what you're going after. And it's after. positive. It's yeah. positive energy, right? Yeah. You know, if you sit there and go, oh, I'm never going to get that. I'm not going to get that. Or I'm never going to, you know, do this business or I want to do it. Then well, you won't. You're not going to get it. Yeah. Because you're not doing the things on a day-to-day basis to get you to that point. Yeah. You're just kind of, you know, putting stumbling blocks in front of you. So and You're not believing in yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to make radio shows when I was five years old. Oh. My brother. I used to fall asleep listening to Jackie O and Ugly Phil. So cute. And all my life, I've had the goal of wanting to be on the radio. And here you are in front of me. Yeah, there you go. See, (laughs) but it is manifesting. Absolutely, you're you are one of them. (laughs) I actually have in an earlier episode of Empowerhouse with Soul Shine Powerhouse Tally Pretty, we do a, a big conversation about manifesting. If anybody wants more info, go check that episode out. Uh, just to finish, Charlotte, I love to ask all Empowerhouse guests just to leave us with a soul spritz, something to pep us up and one final thought. You'll be okay. You can do it.
Love it. <laughs> Charlotte, thank you so much for all the gold you've given us today and for showing us that we can be confident and believe in ourselves and love who we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me on here. It's been an awesome chat. If you were as inspired by this chat as I was, please share it with someone else you think might also benefit from listening. Let's spread this self-love, help others shine their light and see our sisters rise too. I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, rate and or review the Empowerhouse pod. And for more inspo or info or to let me know what you'd like to hear more of, go to empowerhouse.com.au or I'm on Instagram at em.powerhouse. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.